Ephesians, and we're going to be in chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. As most of you know, we are in a study of the book of Ephesians on Wednesday nights. And we have gone into chapter 4, but I skipped over these two verses on purpose. And I told you so, because I believe that they... They needed more time dedicated to them. And as I think about what we're going to share here tonight, maybe I just could have included these in, in another message and made a few comments because we cannot reach the depths of what we're going to try to get to tonight. The greatest Bible scholar and orator just, just can't convey what all we have here. The only way Paul had these words was because the Holy Spirit gave them to him. And it's as if he just broke out in an anthem of praise at the very center of this letter. Because in the first three chapters, it's about doctrine. And then the next three chapters go into another study uh, of duty that we have. So this is the very middle, the last two verses of the chapter after we have heard of all of our riches in Christ and everything we have in the Lord. And then he saved this for the grand finale. And as we think about God and all God is that we know of and all he has done that we know of, which is not everything, it just kind of reminds me of a of, say, a man standing before the ocean. I mean, with access to all the water of the ocean, and he has a 12-ounce cup. You know, he can, he can fill that cup up, but it's just really not very much at all. If he had a five-gallon bucket, he could get a little more of it. But once he fills that bucket, I mean, there's just much more water to be able to get. If he had a 55-gallon drum, then he could get a lot more water. But it would not make a dent in all he has access to. And we think about that and we picture that. And as we think about ourselves as children of God, with all we have access to in our God, it's much more than we could ever imagine. But in considering the, the ability of God and the abundance of God that we're going to look at tonight, I've likened us in the past to a container, if you will. We are a vessel to be filled with God. And, and God is all or nothing with His people. We, we, we really think we're doing something sometimes, but we don't think about that ultimatum with God. He's first place or, or he doesn't want any place. It is all or nothing. A little catchy phrase at winter retreat that passed around is the minimum is the maximum. And that's what God requires when we think about all God is and all he wants to do in our lives. And looking at the scripture here, it makes us want to. Give him our all. Give him everything in life. So here we have Paul breaking out in this anthem of praise 
after all that has been shared in the first three chapters. It's kind of like maybe the other night I, I couldn't stay up late to hang out, but I'm sure that a few little fireworks were, were thrown in the parking lot. But, but, but maybe, I don't know, but maybe at midnight there was this 50-shot artillery that someone set off. Did that happen? Did that happen? Did you have a grand finale and it lit up the sky with all kinds of colors? And, and I liken that to what's going on here with Paul. Because Paul has shared the riches of God's holiness with his people. The riches of his security. Our acceptance with the Lord. The blood of Jesus Christ. The forgiveness that we have as children of God. The revelation, the mystery that's been given to the church through Paul from the Lord. The grace of God has been upon them. Blessings are in possession of the church at Ephesus. And I'll tell you, they, were, they are rich, rich, rich in Christ. Christ, and so is every children of God. So much the Lord is and the Lord has done and that we don't even know of the Lord. That is so amazing. Paul has talked about this and Ephesus can believe it because they have evidence of the Lord in their lives and what God has done. We can believe it too tonight. You have a testimony in the Lord Jesus Christ. Has he done great things in your life? Do you recollect the power of Jesus Christ in a situation in your times and in your trials that it was so evident he was there and he was good to you and he helped you? We can believe this word tonight just as Ephesus believed this word. And, it's, and I don't know this, but, but in looking at this book, it's almost like I, I just want to say that when Paul got to the end of verse 19, there was a pause as, as these words were given. And then there was a pause afterward and Paul just broke out in praise to the Lord over it maybe. Maybe when Ephesus read this, they got to this point and maybe they paused and they stopped and praised and celebrated the good Lord Jesus Christ. Let us praise him tonight as we have opened this word. May we open our hearts to what is said here. Verse 20. Now unto him. That is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church. By Christ Jesus throughout all ages. World without end. Amen. Let's first look at God's ability. Now unto him that is able, it says. You know, it's kind of like we could stop right there and just go into meditation on God and all that he is that we know of. Now unto him that is able. God is able. There is no limit to his power. He's the one that created heaven and earth and this universe. And he did it once. 
And he could do it every day though. And it would be no problem for him. He created everything that has life and he maintains it and he sustains it. He created all things and he continually keeps them going. God is able. Luke 3, 8 says God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 25 says he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. Him being Christ Jesus, of course. Jude 24. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Jesus Christ is able to present you faultless. Before the presence of his glory. He's able. He's able to save. And he's able to sustain. There doesn't exist a situation. There doesn't exist amount of people that could overwhelm God. There doesn't exist enough ridiculous religions and false beliefs that could overwhelm or overpower the one true God. Nothing is too hard for God. Nothing is impossible with God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that. They had a choice. They had a choice to bow or to burn. They were given that ultimatum to bow to this nine foot wide by 90 foot tall golden wall and worship when they heard the sounds of the music or be thrown into the burning fiery furnace. And they could see that wall and they could look at that burning fiery furnace. And they said, I love it. We're not careful to answer thee. In this matter. They also said something else. They looked at those two things. And they said our God is able. Not what they didn't try to say or dictate what God would do. They even said but even if he doesn't. He's able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. But even if he doesn't. You just... So you can just stop right there with our God is able. And they knew their God was present. And they knew how able he was. And they would accept whatever he did. He's able. We see the ability of God in this verse. We see the abundance as we continue. He he is able to do exceeding abundantly above. Ephesus had experienced their Lord in their lives. You and I have experienced Jesus Christ in our lives as children of God. And he is able to continue to do what he's been doing for us. He is able to do more 
And He is able to do greater things than you and I have ever seen. We cannot pray for those things or request the things that God is able to do. We can't even fathom it or realize what He can do. God can do greater things in our lives than you and I could ever imagine. I'm sure we've missed out on some things. I'm sure there's things we haven't asked for or times that we doubted God or we did not take that step to be that doer because of a lack of faith when God was going to do something great. There are those who have walked out on God at 1130 when he was going to do something great at noon and all the things that they have missed out on. Not in the will of God. Oh, he has an abundance. What God can do goes so far beyond our need. Think about the ways that the human being tries to fulfill their needs in their own way. According to their own confidence and their own strength and conjuring up a way, they hit a bump in the road with God. And now they're trying, I guess, what they might obviously think is a better way. But God can do greater things of a higher degree than we've ever seen. There's a fuller measure with God always. We haven't experienced it yet. What God can do. Is by an inexhaustible grace and by his riches. And they are endless. The abundance from which God provides and God purposes for us. It's bottomless. There's no ceiling on it, if you will. We can't encapsulate God. We can't put him in a box. He is able to do exceeding abundantly Above, we can't wrap our minds around the degree of God's abundance. It surpasses what anyone might try to express about the abundance of God. No, he's able. We've seen the ability. We see the abundance. And what we look into now is the asking. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. We could look at this a couple of ways tonight. We could continue to look at how amazing God is that we just can't understand because he's able to do more than we could ask or think. Or we could put a focus on our asking and our thinking Toward our God. And of our God. Oh the gates. That fling open. By faith. You know we ask. By faith. And we think. Upon our God. By faith. We. Can exercise the mind. Over 
these three chapters, chapters 1 through 3, I encourage you, if you haven't done so, to go home and to look at our riches in Christ and just reflect on those things, on what God has done, of the things He has told us here, knowing that there's even more. There's more to it. And there are greater things that will only know in heaven. We reflect on these things and we're to ask. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, Philippians says. And we know, we know by this word, we learn and we're inspired here that he can do more than we ask. This may be, go up with you. This may go down. This may be convicting. This may be encouraging right now. But I just ask that we do what I did in the preparation of this. And reflect on our attitude when we're asking God for something. I'm not saying there's anyone here with that attitude, but granddaddy told me about a little old country church and they were praying for for a child of God. I believe it had something to do with their their physical well-being and. And their health didn't get better. And one saint said after months of praying, well, that's exactly what I thought was going to happen. When our attitude is right when we're thinking this is all I know to ask and I know you could do more than this he can do more he can do greater things than we ever can imagine we can't ask for too much we can't ask for anything too great our prayers our supplications our petitions to God all together all of us are answered by God in the greatest way possible. They're answered by a plan of Him that is better than anything we can imagine. We, we kind of ask for a, a great thing in our minds to come about as a result of something. And God can do something so much greater. We're aiming low when we're thinking we're asking for the best sometimes. He can do Abundantly above. May we never come short. On asking God. Because he'll never come up short with an answer. For you and I. And we may not see how that answer unfolds. We may not see it all. It may not be what we wanted. But we look at our God who has ability. And who has abundance for us. And we can trust him. We can trust that he has done the greatest thing possible. Let us not ask amiss. Let us not ask amiss, but make our request according to his will. Knowing that there's nothing too great you can ask God for. May we always know what's returned is greater than what we've asked for. You, some may say, well, I, I don't know about that concerning your experience, but, but you don't see the other side in heaven yet. You don't see what God has done in his panoramic view 
of this one point in our lives. He always does something greater than what we ask. We just don't know it all. In Matthew chapter 9, there was a request made for the healing of a man sick of the palsy. He was paralyzed. He was born a four. Four men carried him on some type of canvas bed material and brought him to Jesus to be healed of his physical illness. And Jesus said, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And then he said, for whether is easier to say thy sins be forgiven thee or to say arise and walk. Jesus was able to do exceeding abundantly above what they could ask or think. He forgave the man who came in with his head on his bed and he left with his bed on his head. He healed him and he forgave his sins too. We pray for a healing sometime for a child of God. And, and sometimes the Lord takes them home to heaven. Did you ever think that God has done something greater than what was asked? Because he gave them healing and he gave them heaven. Oh, we want to hear a sermon about heaven. We rejoice in heaven. We love to talk about heaven. But then there's sometimes that there's a few that just want to pray for, for a child of God to come back from heaven to be here with us. What are people to think when we think like that? God does something greater sometimes and we don't realize it. The Bible says to live is Christ and to die is gain. It is far better to be with Christ, the Bible says. The Lord goes beyond our desire and our request to a higher degree. Or you know what? He may heal and he has healed beyond what the medical world and their finite mind can understand. Don't get me wrong. God uses the hospitals for healing. And I'm thankful for doctors. But I have heard many testimonies. Where doctors have said. This blows my mind. This is a miracle. It's a miracle that you're sitting here today. Anyone ever heard that? Not necessarily self but someone. It's a miracle that you're here. And so God may do that just to show, just to show his ability and just to show his abundance to this world. We pray for somebody for a job. And we may get to the point where we start saying, well, Lord, just give them anything. When God may have in mind to give them something greater than they ever had before. Never put a ceiling on God, because there's no limit to what he can do. God always answers in the best way, knowing knowing what we can of what he can do. We can trust that whatever happens, it's the very best for us when we are cleansed of sin, confessed our sins. We're humbled before God, living in the will of God. With all of our confidence in him. Whatever comes, we can know that it was his best. If it wasn't his best, it wasn't his fault. And there's a good reason. He gives us perfectly what we need 
at any given time. We can always trust, though, that he can give in greater measure. God not only shows off what he can do, he shows off who he can do these things through. Verse 20. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. The power of heaven dwells here on earth in God's people. He works through us. God shows what he can do through his people. He's looking to draw a lost and unsaved world to him. And he's looking to show the difference that is made in the children of God. May we be surrendered to the Savior. May we be yielded to the Holy Spirit. And make our multiple requests to God. And know that God is answering in such a way in order to magnify his greatness and his goodness to us. A lot of times... I had a mentor say, most of the time, you're not going to get what you've asked for. God has something better in mind, something different in mind. His ways and his thoughts are far greater than our ways and our thoughts. We can trust him. That he's going to reveal his glory. It may be here through our lives. Or it may be heaven that he does it, but he's going to glorify himself. He's going to glorify himself sometimes by not giving the answer that we want, by not giving us what we feel like we need to keep us going by his grace, to show us his grace, that my grace is sufficient for thee. He wants to show us how great his grace is. He knows when the child of God has not had that experience of his grace in such a way that it's evident. And that might be the answer instead of the desired response. And that takes us to our last point. From the asking to the adoration. Verse 21. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages World without end. Amen. If we view God. According to these few things that we have shared tonight. In every request. In every response from God. In our lives down the road. If we view him according to who he is. And who we see he is. To the point we can. We're going to give him praise. Honor and glory in all things. Give thanks in all things. Give thanks for all things. The Bible says. And we will do that. According to the God that we see. And we know right here. We will walk with him. And we will worship him. No matter what. We will witness of all that God is. Of all that he has. Of all that he has done. And all that he shall do. We'll praise him for it. And we will do so everywhere we go. When we, when we come to any measure of what is being said about our Lord here. We'll give him praise. We'll give him praise around every corner. 
We'll give him praise in the grocery store. We'll give him praise in the doctor's office. But specifically, primarily, there is a place for giving God glory. When all of his saints gather, give him glory in the church. When we gather here, it's to give him glory in the church. You know, I've had some very special times being able to share with Christians before church in my office or sitting here in the sanctuary or maybe after church, after the service is over, out past the foyer, under the covered drive through. And and you have too. you've had a very special time of ministering and having uh, just a, a spiritual outbreak with someone and sharing with someone. But in another way, I'd almost like to say that sometimes we ought to treat it as we do the Lord's Supper. And quietly come in individually with our families and sit down for worship with the Lord. And, and, and just, just to remember together of the broken body and the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And to meditate on, on a small message on that. And then to go out singing a hymn. And get in our cars and go home. I have that thought. I, I have so much other time. And, and, and so many more special things have happened. I know before church and after church. People have been saved after the service. Or maybe before the service ever starts. I know that. But let us not let things get in the way of giving God glory in his church. Sometimes situations or conversations could escalate and get to a place where our minds and our hearts are not right. When we come and we sit in the sanctuary with God's people to give him praise, honor and glory. It's, it's not about us when we're here. It's about Him. He's going to do many things in our lives. And He's going to bless us in many ways. But it's about giving Him praise, honor, and glory. And this is the place of designation where we all gather together to do so in His church. To praise God for His virtues, for His mercy, for His grace, for His salvation, for His kingdom, for all things eternal, for the message of His Son, and for the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives, giving us a supernatural life to live in this natural world. We're trying to share a glimpse of the greatness and the goodness and the ability of God here tonight. We're trying to convey what Paul is saying here of God's purposes and God's plans for his people and his ability to do it and the abundance from which he does it from. But we all need to ask ourselves tonight. When we read something like this, we have got to ask ourselves, do we have our own goals? Do we have any of our own goals that God doesn't have a part of? Do we have our own plan? Let us think about this. What are our wants in life? 
What if we got everything that we wanted? Think about that. What if every one of your wishes came true? Kind of sounds pretty good in one way. But in another way. When we look at our God here tonight. We're robbing ourselves if we have our own goals and our own wants and our own wishes. Aside or separate from his plan. We are stripping ourselves and we are destitute of what God has planned for our lives. If it's all about what we want. He has riches beyond what we deserve, what we could ever realize that we have in Christ Jesus. I I believe it. I believe in God's good, glorious, rich plan for every single one of his children and their lives. If we have our own goals and our own plans. We're going to be disappointed. And we're going to end up. Not being in the central place where God has designed and destined For you and I to be to give him glory in his church. Man, this is so hard on the Lone Ranger Christian. The shade tree worshiper. You know, it's amazing how you can you can talk to someone and and maybe you you haven't seen him in church in a while. And they say, I pray every day and I'll read my Bible every day and I'm looking to be used by God every day. And I'm sitting here thinking, man, they're doing better than me. And I'm the associate pastor in the church in church every service. It's it's just kind of doubtful. And there's definitely something that the child of God Cannot be doing. That is God's demand. God's command. To us. His children. And that is to give him glory. In the church. Oh the excuses or the temptations to leave. They would just go away. If we thought about. What God's plan for us was. To give him glory together. Congregated together in his house. Worshiping and praising his holy name. Give him unto him be glory in the church. How do you estimate God? How do we estimate God? What's our estimate of him. What value do we put on him? How would you describe him tonight? Would you say he's miraculous? Would you say he's wonderful? Would you say he's gracious? Would he say you he's everything you need? Would you say that he's everything you need tonight? Everything that you can think About our father. There's more. And it's better. 
as my dad used to say, it's more gooder. It's more gooder than we could ever know. Than anything that would come to our meditation. I'd just like to interject as we start closing. If there's someone lost in their sins tonight. I've, we, we've heard them on the doorstep before. We've heard what they say. And I could sum up things, not verbatim, but people feel like they're going to lose their own rights. They are going to have tunnel vision. They are going to have restrictions upon them. They are going to be deprived. They will not have pleasures if they come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're listening present here tonight or online, please consider what we have been sharing this evening. That the family of God can't even imagine the level of the greatness and the goodness of our God to us. We cannot begin to absorb how amazing He is as Paul was putting it into words by the Holy Spirit here. If we were to just sum this up in just a few words, God is more. God is greater. And God is higher. He's more than you could ever imagine. People who are unsaved think about losing something when they get saved. I did lose things when I got saved, and I'm so glad I lost them. I'm so glad I lost the penalty of sin upon my life. I'm so glad I lost the possibility of going to a devil's hell where there is torture and fire and the worm that continues to eat and never stops. So glad I lost that. So glad I'm losing the power of sin over my life. There's some sins. That you have never committed. Since you got saved. We're working on some. We're working on others. And we're in progress. And we don't sin near as much as we used to. We're not perfect. But there's some things we completely lost. Only by the power and conviction. Of the Holy Spirit. And the leadership of Him in our lives. And we never had the desire to do them again. They beat us up year after year. Over and over when we were unsaved. If you were saved to six years old. Just know they would have. Just know they would have. Your life, if you were saved at a very young age, how do you know you're saved? You are being saved. You're being sanctified. You're saved from scars you would have had. He's more. He's greater. And He's higher. You're not going to lose a thing. Not anything of value. I lost people I used to hang around with. I'd probably, I was telling Brother Tim the other night, I'd probably have a real good laugh with him if I saw him again, only for a second. And then I would want them to lose that old life like I did in Jesus Christ and like you did. He's more. You're not going to regret any part 
of receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You never will. There may be the child of God off out of the will of God. And it is very dim where they are. But I guarantee you, you go to them right now and ask them, do you regret receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And they would say no. They would say, I'm very miserable right now in my sins because I know him, but I don't regret it. You'll never regret it. Never regret receiving him as your personal Lord and Savior, having the burden of the entirety of your sins forgiven and knowing that hell is behind you and that heaven is your forever home. I pray you'll trust this able, abundant Lord and Savior tonight, who's willing to forgive your sins, if you're willing to turn from them and turn to him to let him save you, Jesus will save you tonight. Child of God, we're all it's all or nothing. I made this statement a winter retreat after a message I heard. Granddaddy said that most people have just enough Christianity to make them miserable. Because it's all or nothing. The minimum is the maximum. He wants all of you. Look at this sea of vast greatness and goodness that God is. That you have access to. Give him, give him your all. Give all to him. He is able, what did we read? To keep you from falling and to present you faultless. Before his presence. Oh he is able tonight. And he's abundant. Give him your all. Maybe there's. A way that you want to express it tonight. Maybe you need to put it in shoe leather. Down at the altar. I I thought it would be full this morning. As we confessed our sins. And receive forgiveness for our sins. There have been some expressions. Some movement from winter retreat. And the time we shared together in people's lives. There's been uh, some outward movement. Some outward expressions of what's going on inside. We're not saying you can't take it home and give it to the Lord in your prayer closet. But will you? What will happen between... Here in the house to get our mind off of it. Let us obey the Lord and do business with God tonight. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for the power of your word. We thank you for the promise that it does not return void. Lord, as we consider this anthem of praise that that you Cause to well up in Paul's heart. Lord, I thank you that we can share it tonight. Lord, that we would just take a moment tonight to consider praise and honor and glory that is to be given to you. Lord, what you've given to us, we don't deserve it. You are worthy of all of our praise. That we would shout your name to the hilltops, Lord. That we would be filled with the joy that you have for us. That we would be witnesses of your glory. That we would be walking in the steps of being the new creation that you have made us in Christ, Lord. I thank you for all of the good things that you have in store for your people. The love that you have for us, Lord, and the way 
you are working in our hearts tonight and drawing us closer to you. Father, may we have our own anthem of praise glorifying your name here tonight. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would all please rise.